It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Quick return for Crowder, 85 yards. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff, and it's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for the weekend mailbag. So for that, of course, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley, fresh back from the Jersey Shore, where I know he cleared his head, had some tranquil moments. Chris, I know that your happiest moments are down at the Jersey Shore in the summertime, so you've got to be pretty happy that it's summer weather right now and you can go down to the Jersey Shore and relax. I know that with the way things are in the world right now with corona and all that, it's not the way that it always is, but it's still got to be pretty peaceful out there. Oh, it's it's great down there. Uh, I, I, don't, I generally don't like summer. Um, I don't like the heat. It really, the humidity is what bothers me. Mm-hmm. But if, if I'm near water and I can jump in a pool or the ocean, then I'm good. So I don't mind working up a sweat from just being outside for 10 minutes if I can jump in water somehow. So then I'm good. And as much as I'm perfectly content to be stuck in my, in my house most of the time, this has been a long time. And I, I, I don't really have a need or urge to have to be around people, but I needed a change of scenery. And that scenery, that, it's much better and uh, to, more fun to uh, just have scenery down there than it is here. I'm with you on the humidity. That's what makes the heat intolerable because I don't love it when it's super hot, but when it's really hot and really muggy, it just wears you out. It just completely destroys your ability to do really anything. So that's why when it starts to get really hot and really muggy, if I'm going for a run, I always go in the morning time before it gets bad because it just becomes intolerable. I don't love the 115 degree heat out in Vegas either, but the only positive you can say is at least it's a dry heat. I know at 115 degrees, dry heat or any kind of heat yeah. is still 115 degrees, but could you imagine if it was 115 degrees and humid? Because that's what Florida ends up being, not 115 degrees, but it could be 95, 100 degrees and pure humidity. Yeah, that's that's one of the many reasons why I hate Florida. Uh, <laughs> I, I have I have plenty more. Uh, some of them I I would have be, be happy to elaborate on. So other, uh, others not as much. But uh, uh, yeah, that it, the humidity and anytime anyone talks to me about Florida, I'm just like, no, get take me to California. I get I get warm and it's not humid out there. It's a, a you can depending on where in California you can get you know the hundred degrees, but. I like I I like I'll take 80 80 to 90 with very little humidity no problem. This is where my buddy Ed Valley from Empire Weather should jump in because he's a weather guy so he could explain to us exactly where the best places in the country to live are in terms of cost of living, 
weather, and humidity. So actually, I think I'm going to have to text Ed and ask him about that, and then maybe we'll discuss that on a future podcast. But for now, let's dip into the mailbag and answer some questions, Chris. We'll start with Michael Pallas. He says, is Michael Gallup and a second-round pick reasonable value for Jamal Adams? That's a really interesting one. I like Michael Gallup a lot. He's the kind of player that maybe is never going to be a number one wide receiver, but he could be a really good number two. He's young. He still has affordable years left on his contract. Dallas could really use Jamal Adams, and from what you hear, they really want him. So that could be really solid value. I would start by asking for a first and Gallup and see where the negotiations go from there. Or maybe you could get a second Gallup and something else, maybe a fourth-round pick. But that's not a terrible idea. That's actually one of the better proposals that I've heard. I think Jets fans tend to be pretty unrealistic. They think they're going to get three first-round picks for him. And Cowboys fans tend to be unrealistic in the other direction, thinking they're going to get Adams for nothing more than a first-round pick. I saw somebody on a big Dallas website suggesting that it would be Adams and a third for a first or something like that, which is ridiculous. But I think Gallup being in the deal along with if not a first rounder, then maybe a second and change could be interesting. Yeah. My in, initial instinctual reaction was that it falls just a little short, but at the, uh, this is also me sitting here saying, um, I don't know that you're going to get a better offer for, for Jamal. Um, I don't know how many teams are going to be willing to trade a lot for him and then give him the contract that he wants. Um, you know, it was the same thing when during the season when all this came up and he was, uh, you know, talking about uh, uh, how much people value him. Well, the people, the other teams weren't offering up nearly enough. So the Jets valued him more than the other teams because they weren't coming up to meet the Joe Douglas's offer. And I still think that's the case. And you know, we've seen this with the Cowboys before. How many years did we have to talk about Earl Thomas and them going after Earl Thomas? Um, I don't. I don't think the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys would give up that package right now. Um, and so, I would want a little bit more, but at the same time, I don't know that it's realistic. So, really, the answer comes down to: Does Joe Douglas want to get what he can get for Jamal Adams, or does he still want to keep him and sign him to the contract? That not the exact contract that he wants, but close enough. And I still think that that's going to end up being how this ends up playing out in the end. Because once Jamal starts playing, this is going to go away for a little bit. Now, the question at the end comes back, if they have a disastrous season next year, and especially if they keep Gase and it looks like there's no progress, then he might be ready to just be like, get me out of here and put me on another team that can win um, and make more of a mess. But once – Jamal Jamal's obviously upset about this right now. That's undeniable that with his uh, post on the Miles Garrett thing. So it, it's it's undeniable he's upset about. It. But again, once football starts and this, the games, you, all that's going to go away. Then the, the Jets have to focus on being good. Chris, as you like to say, Jamal Adams is extremely online and sometimes he just needs to put his phone down and go for a walk because otherwise he ends up tweeting or putting things on Instagram that are really not necessary and it leads fans 
to question whether or not he really wants to be here. By the way, in terms of trade compensation, Sean Stalker says, Scott in the very big deal, Chris Nimbley, the Adams drama never stops and his price is only going to go up over time. He means in terms of contract, not in terms of the price to get him for another team. Knowing what we know now and knowing that CeeDee Lamb was available when the Cowboys picked, if you could go back in time, would you have taken a first and third this year and a third next year, knowing you could get CeeDee Lamb and Lloyd Cushenberry with the two picks this year and have that third rounder banked for next year? See, I get where you're going with this, Sean, but I really hate these if-you-knew-then-what-you-know-now kind of scenarios because obviously Joe Douglas couldn't have known that. That said, I still probably wouldn't have done it. I like Denzel Mims a lot. Listen, he's not going to be CeeDee Lamb by any stretch of the imagination. We don't really know what Cushionberry is going to be yet. There's a bit of a divide as to how good he's going to be at the pro level. He's such a dominant player. He's a defensive playmaker, as Daniel Jeremiah likes to say, only 24 years old. And they do still have two and maybe three years of team control on Adams because they've got the fourth year of his deal, then the fifth year team option, and then, of course, the franchise tag after that. you got to get a really good deal. I think that the Michael Gallup one was better than the draft pick one that you just mentioned, only because I think that if you get Gallup, you've got a proven guy who's on a cheap contract, and you already know what he could do at the NFL level, and on top of it, you're getting draft picks. So I suppose you can make a case for that deal now in retrospect, but I kind of don't like doing that because it's such a weird hypothetical where you would have needed a time machine to figure out what to do. I hear you, but I'm taking that deal. And I would have, <laughs> if, you, if you presented that to me uh, a month before the draft and told me they're first, a third, and then a third in 2021, 20, uh, I would have taken that deal without – because you, you, we've talked enough about C.D. Lamb. You know I didn't expect C.D. Lamb to still be on the board mm-hmm. when the Cowboys were picking. Um, so I would have accepted that deal without even thinking that C.D. Lamb was a possibility there. But I'm – I'm accepting that based on this one thing, that's three draft picks I get to use on offense now. And that's that's how I, I would have taken that. Uh, I, I Yes, I would have taken that. I could definitely be talked into taking that now with the benefit of knowing that CeeDee Lamb would be on the board, but it's such a tough thing to say when you're talking about hindsight, but I guess if we're going full Monty on the hypothetical, I could be persuaded either way on this. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress, and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. 
With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hoopin' with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. It's actually a series of questions because, Michael, that's what you do, and it's cool. It's why we love you. You always have fun questions. He says, why hasn't any reporter asked Christopher Johnson about Adam Gase going 5-19 and on the road the last three years or the double-digit losses he has as a coach? Are they scripted questions for the owner and GMs, or is it just fear of the backlash? Just wondering why no offensive coaching changes were made. So we'll start with this, and then we'll get to the other parts of what Michael had to say. Believe me on this. If he gets the opportunity, Manish is 100% going to bring that up. I have zero doubt about that, and Chris, I'm sure you're with me on that. Even if you want to say that reporters would be scared to ask, which I don't think is the case, Manish certainly isn't going to be. The thing is, Christopher Johnson doesn't really make himself available to reporters much, so there isn't a lot of opportunity to bring that up when he comes out and speaks. So I think that's a big part of it. As far as why there weren't changes made on the offensive coaching staff, you know the answer to that already. The answer is that Adam Gase wants people that are his people, and unless he's forced to make changes, he's not going to. He's comfortable with the guys he has, and that's more or less it. It's Adam Gase's offense, and so anybody that is to come in here is going to have to be one of Gase's guys, and I don't think you're going to get some big gun offensive assistant that's going to want to come here and work with Gase because he knows that that's the situation. Everybody knows that that's the situation when you're working with Gase. Yeah, the the answer to the first part of the question is Chris Johnson doesn't talk uh, enough. Um, I don't even remember the last time he did talk. Uh, I, and, but I think, I, I think I wasn't there cause they did it, uh, like a surprise thing. Uh, they just like announced, so oh, Chris Johnson will talk in like an hour. And I was like, oh man, I'm not going to make it. Um, but yeah, Manish will definitely not hesitate to, um, the others, it's, it's definitely not scripted. Uh, everyone's asking whatever they feel like asking. So there could, you know, it's going to be a case by case basis there. But yeah, there's, there's, this happens in every, in every beat, in every, not just every uh, football beat, but I mean every beat, whether it's a medical beat, uh, a, you know, law beat, every type of beat. There's going to be some people that aren't going to ask uh, the people in position 
uh, some of these questions. Um, I'll ask sometimes, but sometimes I, I'll ask, also avoid asking, not for any particular reason other than I just know, and like I, I did this a lot with bowls where I stopped asking the last couple years. Um, and it wasn't for any reason other than I knew that he was going to just give nonsense answers. What was even the point? I think it was shortly after he uh, he claimed that Sheldon Richardson didn't line up at linebacker at all uh, after that one year where they were experimenting with that. And I'm like, oh, I, I can pull up the – I have all 22 on my iPad right here with me. I can pull it up and show it to you right now. And don't don't sit here and tell us that you can't, uh, that it didn't happen. I can pull it up right now. Um, so a lot of this stuff, they're just so good at whether it's coach speak, owner speak, GM speak, that sometimes it's just like, what's the point? Um, so there's a lot of variables that go into it. Um, and sometimes you just don't want to come off adversarial. Um, and this, this, this happened again with the McCagnan stuff. Uh, I've talked about this before, how I wasn't banging the drum to fire McCagnan, not because I didn't think McCagnan should have gotten fired, but I knew he wasn't going to. And me sitting there talking about it every day isn't going to make it happen. I'm also not trying to make it my life's mission and my work to get the man fired. I just think he should be fired. I don't have any like skin in the game. Um, so at a certain point, it's like, what's the point of sitting here trying to point out how bad he is? You know that he's not going to get fired. You can write that all – all those questions you can write in your article without needing to get a canned answer from Chris Johnson that you know is just going to be nonsense. Next question comes in from Brian Gawiski. He says, could you see a situation where the roster size gets increased this year? Seems like there could be more injuries, so it could be beneficial to a team. Wasn't there talk of that, and isn't there something going on with the CBA? Weren't they going to expand rosters or something, Chris? Well, they were already doing that with the under the new CBA. They were already going to add, uh, I forget, I, I think they were adding a couple uh, practice squad spots, and then they were also allowing a couple more people to be active. Um, I heard heard a little while ago, like a, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, the idea that they're thinking of allowing teams to like carry an extra quarterback that won't count against the roster. I haven't really, I'm just be honest about this. I haven't been paying too close attention to the, you know, all the little details that are being uh, proposed and talked about. And it's just because we're just so far away from having anything in concrete plans still. And there's no need for them to do it with football. You know, this isn't uh, the other sports I've, I've, I don't pay much attention to the baseball stuff and the basketball stuff because what you hear one day changes drastically the next day. Uh, so just, you know, I'm just like, tell me when you guys have something worth uh, talking about. And that's kind of the approach I've taken here with the NFL. So I've heard some things and I would expect them to do that. I know obviously in soccer, uh, in the European leagues, they've allowed, they're normally only allowed three substitutions a game. They've been allowed to make five substitutions a game. Um, and part of that is because they had to stop the season for a couple months and they needed to do it for endurance and conditioning. And that pro- if everything goes as planned with the NFL, that won't be an issue. But I think they have to build in some type of stuff because there's no way you can expect to go through a season without any players testing positive. 
So I expect them to do some type of uh, stuff along those lines, but I don't know how much it'll be. I, I think it'll be very limited still. And the idea of, okay, you could carry an extra quarterback or I've also heard that, that they're thinking of like having quarterbacks sign and like, they basically stay quarantined away from everybody else. And then uh, if, something happens to their other quarterback, then they can come and join the team. So they're really trying to think through everything. But again, like I said, hearing reports of this, everybody is going to have to agree to it. It's what you hear is still a long way away from being concrete. Chris, getting paid to quarantine sounds like your dream job. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm with it. I'm with it. And listen, (laughs) being a backup quarterback in the NFL uh, depending on who's the starter, obviously, but uh, that there's not many sweeter gigs in this world. And then you add on, I don't have to ever see anybody again uh, for a while. Yeah, give me that. Give me that deal. And with that, we'll wrap up part one of the weekend mailbag. We'll be back with part two tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure that you follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could do that for us, we'd be really grateful. It's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money, but it helps us out a lot. So if you could do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.